Get Back to Basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi, and a very good afternoon to you. It's wonderful to be with you on this public holiday today known as Youth Day. Yes, June the 16th, and we reflect back, I guess, on this day as South Africans and those of us who were around at the time. Uh, don't want to age myself too much, but 1976 is very vivid in my memory. And um, the uh, Soweto riots that took place starting on June the 16th in 1976. And um, needless to say, uh, it was a time of great turmoil in South Africa. Nobody knew what the outcome would be and where it would all lead. And of course, um, we sit here today looking back and thinking on the remarkable, remarkable um, events that happened thereafter. And of course, didn't happen quickly thereafter, but it took some time until the old regime, the apartheid system was overthrown. And uh, this day became known as June the 16th Youth Day. And of course, paying tribute to the youth. It was the youth who rose in riot on that particular day. And while um, so many uh, lives were lost and so many unnecessary tragedies that surrounded um, uh, that uh, event of the Soweto riots on both sides, um, there were some innocent bystanders, of course, and people who were just doing their part to uplift and to be in uh, what was then known as the townships of uh, Soweto, southwestern townships. It was um, something that was... Frightening, daunting, unbelievable, and a part of history uh, that we all lived through. But I'm not sure if everybody remembers what happened two weeks later. That was June the 16th. And a couple of weeks later, on the 4th of July, it actually was the 200th anniversary of the United States of America. Remember, United States of America um, set up as the United States of America in 1776, and so in 1976, it was the 200th anniversary of the USA, and of course, the 4th of July being American Independence Day, um, there were celebrations taking place in other parts of the world, but in a way, everything was overshadowed, and from a Jewish point of view, kind of uplifted, we were taken um, from a uh, space of uncertainty and of difficulty and of not really knowing what the future would hold and being a little bit um, uh, wobbly on our feet, uh, to say the least, in those days of the Soweto riots and what happened in 1976. And then all of a sudden, on Sunday, the 4th of July, an event happened that really, really took the world's breath away. Um, and from such a positive angle, and it became a, um, a, a talking point and a, a uh, proclaimed event of note in everybody's uh, history and in everybody's diary, no matter which side of any divide that you may be, and that was the Entebbe raid. Yes, that took place, believe it or not, think about it, a couple of weeks, two and a half weeks to be exact, after the beginning of the Soweto riots was the great famous, wonderful Operation Thunderbolt. The Entebbe raid, plane, uh, French plane hijacked and, and flown to Entebbe in Uganda. They're hosted, of course, by the Ugandan army and Idi Amin, um, the uh, dictator, ruler of Uganda. And these terrorists 
um, then separating out the Jews from the non-Jews, keeping the Jews in custody. And, of course, uh, the famous reaction of the captain of that plane, who was not Jewish, who identified with the Jewish passengers and refused to leave without them, um, went down as a hero in the world for the way that he behaved. And an incredible, um, a magical, miraculous, fantastic um, Entebbe raid that took place on the 4th of July in 1976 and freed the hostages. Unfortunately, there was loss of life, one of them being the uh, commander who uh, led that raid, of course we know, uh, who was uh, Yoni Netanyahu, brother of the now uh, immediate past Prime Minister of Israel, uh, Bibi Netanyahu. Um, but Yoni Netanyahu was more, was, was famous, uh, before his brother as being the leader of this, um, incredible, uh, group of commandos who flew all the way from the south of Israel and, uh, landed under the most extremely daunting and difficult circumstances and, and managed to free the hostages uh, get rid of those uh, terrorists who were holding them and uh, fly them back to Israel to a uh, hail of uh, great welcome and great joy throughout the entire world, not just the Jewish world, but the whole world, who uh, kept on uh, looking and kept on seeing um, the most uh, – kept on looking and kept on uh, realizing the most incredible, incredible um, events that had taken place. And congratulations, congratulations for um, everything that um, <coughs> um, everything that took place on that particular day and at that particular time. It was something most fantastic and most incredible and most wonderful. And um, we think about that particular day with joy and with the kind of pride, of course, that we all took in the tremendous, tremendous actions of Israel and its uh, military and its air force and its medical people and everything that joined together to take care of um, something as great and as wondrous and as magical and as miraculous as the great and wonderful Entebbe raid. Now, why I tell you all of this is because, in fact, today is the sixth day of Tammuz. And would you believe it? But in 1976, the 6th of Tammuz was the 4th of July. Today in the Jewish calendar is the anniversary. It's the day on which the Entebbe raid took place from a Jewish point of view in our Jewish calendar. And the way that we think and feel from the depth of our um, of our um, spiritual selves, we know that there is something linked with this miraculous escape, this miraculous um, event that happened where not only did we have the most incredible, incredible commandos, uh, paratroopers, people who uh, risked themselves and their lives in order to save others, but we had the most incredible, incredible feeling of Jewish unity that um, from the depth of despair where things looked to be um, as though they couldn't get any worse, uh, certainly for those hostages and for Jews everywhere and the threat against um, the Jew everywhere and the fact that once again, while it was only 1976, it wasn't 
all that many years after what had happened in the Holocaust. And uh, once again, Jews were singled out and Jews were being lined up um, seemingly for a certain death. And it seemed to be that the most terrible, heinous uh, events were about to unfold with the support of a, a dictatorship in the heart of Africa. And um, there was the tragic irony of the fact that it had actually been Uganda that um, had at one stage come up as a place to offer to Israel to actually be be uh, be settled instead of in uh, the Holy Land and the place where Israel is and belongs and always will be. But here we had this most incredible event taking place and the depth of it, the spirituality of it, the incredible power of it is linked to today. Today being... The sixth day of Tammuz, and the sixth day of Tammuz is the day on which this incredible event occurred. I can remember vividly listening to the uh, one of the pilots of uh, of one of the planes, the Hercules C-130 plane that flew to a uh, to to uh, to uh, Entebbe on that night and helped to evacuate those um, uh, people. It was. Uh, a, a most moving, moving thing that he said when he said that God was working overtime that night. Everybody recognized the incredibly powerful and important role that Hashem had played in making sure that this miracle should occur. They didn't, and they shouldn't have made it. They shouldn't have got there. There wasn't enough fuel. They shouldn't have been able to overcome in the way that they did. They did it and they triumphed and it was incredible. I can remember walking to Shul on the Shabbos morning that followed and people in the street were wishing Mazel Tov. People just in the street were saying how wonderful it was. It felt so good to be Jewish. It felt so good to be alive. It felt so good to be around. And the difficulties of June the 16th suddenly um, were elevated, certainly for Jewish people um, here in South Africa and for those who took pride in the most incredible, incredible escape and the most incredible events of Entebbe in 1976. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. So just before the break, we were talking about the fact that today, 6th of Tammuz, is the anniversary of the Entebbe Raid, the Great Entebbe Raid, which took place. Yes, then it was the 4th of July, as we mentioned, but 6th of Tammuz, the Jewish date in 1976. So um, a very, very special event that took place then. And what does this have to do, actually, with Youth Day? Well, I came across something really, really fascinating. There um, is often a time that we need to look for some deeper inspiration when we think about uh, things that are written in Torah. But there is often a time when we need to look for and think about the inspiration from current events or from things that happen in our world. And, of course, there are lessons to be learned from the Entebbe Raid. And, of course, there are lessons to be learned from a spiritual point of view from the Youth Day and from the events of Soweto, 1976, 16th of June. So um, how do we bring these all together and actually from a Jewish point of view, perhaps, how do we actually take a look at it all? Well, fascinatingly enough, um, in the time of uh, 1976, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Rebbe, um, of course, spoke about the Entebbe Raid, but wrote a number of um, important letters, one of which um, the Rebbe describes, um, of course, the incredible, incredible events of Entebbe and the incredible events that led up to it 
um, remarking about how simple it was or how simple it seemed to have been for those terrorists to actually board airlines. Uh, I mean, we think about flying today and the kind of scrutiny that you have to undergo in order to board an airline. Well, they literally walked on board several airplanes, several airlines, um, with all kinds of ammunition and uh, bombs and hand grenades and uh, onto the teeth, not that they really needed to be because they had a uh, wonderful uh, cache of stuff waiting for them as soon as they arrived in Uganda. But um, they literally managed to just walk onto those airlines. They managed to slip through security um, that uh, probably didn't really exist in those days. And they managed to hijack the planes with relative ease. And they flew them, of course, they flew the uh, the airplane on that particular ca- occasion to uh, Entebbe, to Uganda. And, of course, the Entebbe raid took place several days later of a harrowing time that those poor hostages had to endure, had to go through for all of that, their, their, their time, not knowing whether they were actually going to make it out of there. Um, and who would have believed that uh, such an event would have transpired or would have come about. But the relative ease with which it was um, uh, pulled off, <coughs> the hijacking and the hostage taking and all of that, uh, the Rebbe remarked about and then went on to say about the miraculous and incredible, incredible training and the incredible efficiency of the soldiers who flew from Israel and managed to pull off this most wonderful, wonderful event, this most wonderful raid. And then, of course, thinking about the role that Hashem had played in all of this, that obviously there was something to be learned about the relative ease with which the hostages had gotten on board, that in some way we need to say, said the Rebbe, that the, um, uh, the, the hand of God played a role in that too. And the hand of God certainly played a role in freeing, redeeming those hostages, getting them out of there. Because without God being uh, working overtime, as we said before on that night, um, this whole event would never have happened. It would never have transpired. It could not possibly have been. And the Rebbe related it, interestingly enough, to the youth. And particularly, he spoke about the youth in Israel, saying that the youth in Israel um, uh, were um, uh, being taken, in inverted commas, hostage by uh, um, ideas and uh, notions of uh, so-called, so-called freedom and uh, liberty and so on, and um, drifting further and further away from Judaism, from Torah, from Yiddishkeit, from uh, morality, from uh, ethics, from anything of our Jewish history and so on. And of course, it was true for youth around the world that the youth in 1976 were uh, pretty lost. Uh, Not to say that necessarily were they found after that, but they were pretty lost. And things weren't uh, that wonderful for youth growing up in any country in the world in those days. Uh, Things were not as... um, uh, Judaism was not as available uh, Torah was not as readily available then as it is now in many countries, including our own, including our own city here. Um, and today, a completely, completely different Joburg to what Joburg was like then, a completely different uh, Melbourne to what Melbourne is like now, and a completely different New York or uh, Los Angeles or Tel Aviv or Jerusalem. Um, things were completely, completely different then. <clears throat> the Rebbe inspired 
by the Entebbe raid spoke of the fact that Hashem maybe sent us a model to look at of just how easy it is to slip into the darkness, how easy it is for people to get on board an aeroplane and then and hijack it and uh, take people into terrible, terrible darkness. And how when you're doing something that is so good and so wonderful and so positive for Am Yisrael, for the Jewish people, and when you're doing something for humanity and for humankind and for your neighbors, and when you're uh, totally, totally given, completely given over with Mesiris Nefesh, with an absolute uh, lack of concern for oneself, just how God works over time, just how Hashem comes to your aid. And therefore, said the Rebbe, do not think that this is a job that is too far. Do not think that this is something that you cannot do, that you cannot accomplish. The youth may be floundering. The youth may be wandering. The youth may be seeing only darkness and not having that much hope in the future. But if you set your mind to it, if you set your uh, heart to it, if you get yourself involved in trying to teach and trying to learn with them, in trying to encourage and trying to uplift, in trying to guide and trying to give uh, the right direction, to youth, uh, to young people everywhere. This is um, the time when Hashem steps in and works over time and helps you and does everything in order to make sure that those um, uh, endeavors do not literally fall either on deaf ears and certainly not on uh, deaf ears when it comes to heaven participating. But, in fact, it is the way of enticing and inviting and inspiring um, the heavenly realm to come to our aid and to make sure that the youth, that young people, can be and are uplifted, are uh, directed, are given um, a hope and a, uh, a meaning and a, 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 a beautiful, beautiful vista of what the future will be, not only for them, for themselves, but for their offspring, for their children, for their grandchildren, and for the entire world going forward. And it's all about the fact that we as Jews need to spend some time thinking as we obviously need to do today. If it's called Youth Day, it's not just in recognition, I don't think, of uh, something that happened um, all those years ago in 1976. But if we're thinking about Youth Day, we're thinking about it from a Jewish point of view. And of course, we have to take the images of the world and impact them on everything that we do. If we think about what it means to us and what it should mean to us, is that we too should be concerned for our youth. We should be concerned for our young people. We should be concerned for children everywhere. We should be concerned for the fact that they need to have direction. The past year and a half has been the most difficult thing for adults to cope with. Imagine the difficulty that kids have had with it um, right now, once again, with schools closing and uh, people having to go back online and so on. It is a very, very difficult, confusing and uh, upsetting time. And uh, kids are going to be left with... Um, spiritual and, uh, and, and psychological scars, I have no doubt, in the future from all of this, unless we put our hearts and minds to addressing it properly and making sure that children are well um, adapted and are well listened to and are well um, um, uh, that we're concerned with their welfare and that we invite and entice and inspire them with uh, the views of Torah, with the ideas from Torah, with the hope and the positive positive energy 
that the Torah has for them. And therefore, then on this youth day, as we think about what happened at Entebbe as well, we can actually bring the two together in a, a way exactly as the Rebbe did to um, think about the concern that we need to have for our youth, how easy it is for them to slip into darkness, difficulty, um, the horrors uh, that surround us at all times, including the horror of this pandemic that just doesn't seem to want to go away, um, and how our job is multiplied, how it is urgent, just like he said, those uh, commandos, those soldiers, the Israeli army, um, it didn't have much time to play with. They needed to make, to, they, they, they knew that this was absolutely a matter of urgency. They had to save those lives. And, uh, the Rebbe pointed out the lives of Jewish children are at stake from a Jewish point of view. They're at stake from a spiritual point of view. They're at, at stake from a godly, from a Torah point of view. And we need to make sure that with urgency, we address everything that needs to be done in order to assist and help them. We need to spring into action. We need to provide more opportunities for our children, for our youth, for our young people to be able to have that inspiration and that energy and that direction and that meaning in their lives in order to be able to move forward. So today, perhaps on Youth Day, has a time when we can not only reflect back, we need to reflect to the now and we need to reflect to the future and think about what we can do in order to, in a way of urgency, be like the commandos who are ready to do whatever it takes and whatever we need to do in order to spring into action, in order to do something for the young people of our community, the young people of our families and the young people within uh, the realm uh, that we um, operate in here and everywhere in the world in order to make sure that the darkness is uh, dispelled, that the darkness is lifted, that light is created for them, and that they really, really have the tools and the mechanism with which to move forward and in which to create beautiful, meaningful lives for themselves. And in that way, of course, making sure that there is a wonderful, wonderful future, a great tomorrow for each and every one of us, as well as every one of them, as well as for the whole world that Hashem created and placed us in, in order to make this difference, in order to make it the much better place that each and every one of us can and must do. So hopefully on this Youth Day and with the marking of the Intevi Raid as it is um, uh, today, the 6th of uh, Tammuz, let's move forward in that kind of positive energy and make sure that we do what we need to do in order to bring about the revelation of Mashiach. May he come speedily in our time. Now, get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi and welcome back. Yes, Rabbi Michael Katz here with you, Judaism 101.9. And, of course, on this Youth Day and thinking about the events of Vov Tammuz, of the 6th of Tammuz in 1976, as we spoke before, the Entebbe Raid, I'd like to um, learn with you very, very briefly uh, something that it says in the Mishnah in Pirkei Avot. Remember, we started a few weeks ago um, thinking about Pirkei Avot, the ethics of our fathers, which we study on a Shabbat afternoon between uh, Pesach and Shavuot, and then most communities continue all the way through to till Rosh Hashanah. And this week we will be studying Perek Vov, 
uh, Perikei, rather, the uh, fifth chapter of Pukavot, of the Ethics of Our Fathers. And the first Mishnah there says, Basarum Amoras Nivra Olam. It says, the world was created by ten sayings. What does it teach us? Could God not have created the whole world with the one saying? But it is to make it clear, an exact eye of punishment from the wicked. Who destroy the world, which was created by ten pronouncements. And to give a great rich reward to the righteous, who maintain the world which was created by the Ten Pronouncements. Now, what were the Ten Pronouncements? What were the Ten Sayings that God used to create the world? Well, those are the sayings of let there be heaven and earth, let there be light, let there be, let there be, and so on that God said, whenever it says there that God said, we take that as one of the words. Hashem's power of creation was with words. And the question that it seems that the Mishnah is asking is that uh, cynically one could say, well, could God not have just said it all with one, let the world just come into being as it was. But it's in order to explain to us the great detail that Hashem goes into in order to do everything. <coughs> yes, of course, God could have created the world just by saying one word. Of course, he could have done that, but he didn't. He chose to split it up and to make sure that we understood that everything was perfectly created in and of itself, that everything was made to be exactly the way that God wanted it. And not only everything, but every one of us was exactly created perfectly in the way that Hashem wanted us to be. To think that we are all just a composite of everything um, and that we're not significant is incorrect. And this, perhaps, is the way that uh, those who are wicked, as it brings in this Mishnah, would want us to believe that, you know what, um, God just lumped us all together, left us all here and uh, moved away and, in inverted commas, couldn't care less. And nothing is further from the truth. And the Mishnah exhorts us to remember the rich reward for those who remember that everything that Hashem created, he placed into place in a perfect fashion. And yes, if bad stuff happens or if good stuff happens, whatever happens in this world, Hashem is behind it. He's governing it. He's making it happen. He's not just saying, let there be, and then walking away. Hashem is continually recreating everything um, all the time. And this is something that we need to bear in mind and we need to know that it therefore entices us to make sure that we keep the Aseret Hadibrot, which represents the whole Torah, the ten speakings or the ten commandments, which Hashem gave us at Mount Sinai. That was our um, reactive plan for how we were supposed to deal with these ten sayings. Yes, every part of creation is there in order for us to elevate and in order for us to um, change and make into something that is godly and something that is elevated and something that is beautiful and something that can help to direct the world. And so with each one of our mitzvot, with each one of the commands, with each one of the dibrot, with each one of those ten speakings, with those ten commandments, which represent, as we said, the entire Torah, we have a job, we have an obligation, we have a commitment and we have a, um, a, a, a command to take all of that and change and fix and rectify and complete the creation that Hashem 
gave us that Hashem uh, put in front of us. It wasn't complete. It is something that we've got to keep on working on. And yes, there is a lot that needs rectification. There's a lot that needs fixing in the world. But what are we waiting for? We need to be like those commandos at Entebbe. We need to jump to it. We need to be able to say, you know what? Um, I'm not as concerned about uh, me and uh, my, the, what people will think of me and, the way, and, and, and what they might say and uh, really what's going to happen to me. I'm more concerned with what I can do for others and what I can do to make this world the kind of place that Hashem really wanted it to be. To take the Ten Commandments and make them impact on the Ten Sayings, this, of course, is our job. It is our commission it's our mission. It's what we've got to do. Be back with you, Rod. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. I wanted to just uh, conclude perhaps on a much more personal note and to let you know that today, the 6th of Tammuz, is actually the birthday of my late father-in-law, my father-in-law, Rabbi Yitzchak Izagui, who passed away in Montreal in Canada um, just before this past Shabbos, um, there we only got to uh, start dealing with it straight after this last Shabbos. And of course, um, the a great individual that he was and the things that he accomplished and the things that he stood for, of course, um, we could only uh, really think about right now as being the kind of example that each and every one of us, certainly in our family, has the ability to emulate, to imitate, and to follow. And so today would have been his 88th birthday passed away, um, just a few days before his 88th birthday. Um, a funeral took place on Sunday in New York, where he had wanted to be buried close to the Rebbe near uh, the Ohel, um, which is now famous, and of course, uh, with thousands of people there on Gimel Tammuz on Sunday, the day of his Levaya, the day of his funeral, was something quite awesome. But the one thing that I want to leave you with is that my father-in-law was a great, great optimist and always spoke about doing everything basimcha. There was something about his manner and his way that was always joyous, that was always happy, that always tried to inspire joy. Um, when he felt, when he saw that people were a little bit down, um, he would make some uh, uh, joke, uh, some chirp, some uh, something to elevate them, to lift them. Of course, uh, from to uh, the T, and absolutely observant of everything in Torah, and a great Talmud Chacham um, in and of himself. This uh, man inspired Simcha, and so perhaps in his honor on this. Uh, Vav Tammuz on the 6th of Tammuz We too need to adopt A Simcha kind of an attitude An attitude of positivity An attitude of joy um, When things seem to be down When things don't seem to be going Exactly the way that we want them Let's try and find within ourselves The ability to inspire ourselves To uplift ourselves To smile, to be happy, to be positive To only think positive thoughts and to only spread positive news and to only share positive stories and positive events and to bring about positive energy, not only in our lives, but in the lives of all those around us. And hopefully in that way, we will get the message of just how we're supposed to bring the Aseret Dibrot to bear on the Asara Mamarot to change our world, to make it something that is far, far better, far brighter, far more pleasant, far more wonderful to live in.
And please God, very, very soon, we will see the fruition of all those, of those events and all those elements with the coming of Mashiach. With the coming of Mashiach. Now, I want to wish you a great rest of the week, a great Shabbat up ahead. Look forward to being back with you same time, same place next week on Judaism 101.9.